Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Play for your share of over $14,000 with Summer Jam Machine Tournaments at Muckleshoot Casino. Tournaments are back. Friday, July 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th. Register for free with your Muckleshoot Rewards card starting at 4 p.m. Don't be late. The tournament starts at 5 p.m. Summer Jam Machine Tournaments. Select Fridays at Muckleshoot Casino. The biggest and best in the Northwest. They turn into the home stretch. Miss Dynamic is homeward bound. Has a lead by four. Aloha Breeze comes under some busy left-handed pressure from Eddie Martinez in second. And then it's sticking it to the man up the inside. 16th to go. Miss Dynamic has a lead by five. And Miss Dynamic, impressive in the Angie C Stakes. Horse racing Northwest once again from Emerald Downs. On a July weekend coming up, beautiful weather, and looking forward to seeing everybody out at the track. Joe Withy here with Vince Brune and track announcer Bill Downs for another podcast. Hopefully you have been enjoying them this year, and Bill has been a new member. Bill, uh, good to have your info on Horse Racing Northwest this year. Yes, no, I, I am enjoying it quite a bit each and every week, talking to some people about... Uh, not only the racing here at Emerald Downs, but uh, racing in general. It's always a kind of a, I, I never know who you're going to get. And each week, you, you it's always a surprise. Vince, are you seeing Bill's maybe a little more chipper the last uh, week or 10 days? He's getting a, he's going to get a week off here late in the month, and he gets to go back and see his gal back east for a week. So And the dogs. Don't, and the dogs. Don't That's forget right. the dogs. The dogs yes. are very, very important, and yeah. uh, you know, i got to check up on, on things, make sure everything is still intact. Well, I think that's part of the equation, but also, you know, I've noticed a little spring in his step once the he finally didn't. He was doubting us about the weather here. Yeah, but we've oh, taken yeah. a turn for the better the last couple there, of weeks. There is and... there is no doubt that that uh, when the sun's out, uh, my mood improves as well as a lot of other people's mood. And that is the forecast for this yes. weekend: Friday night, 7 p.m. Saturday at two, Sunday at two for Emerald Downs and another stakes double header. And also Saturday is British Day. We'll have our first 
live music band since 2019, the Jimmy Vegas Band, out by the Winter Circle on Saturday and on Sunday. It's Irish Day at Emerald Downs, a tradition that we did have an Irish Day stakes or an Irish Day handicap back in 1996. Pretty sure Runaway Stevie won that one, and it's been a stakes race ever since then. Keltoy is the live music on Irish Day as well. So Saturday and Sunday themes this week. We'll have the Horseshoe Toss Friday night. And uh, we've got eight races Saturday, nine on Sunday at Emerald Downs. Vince is going to go over the field for our two stakes races. As we just heard, uh, Miss Dynamic win that Angie C stakes. Two wins in eight days. Uh, she was super impressive defeating Aloha Breeze real easily, and then running out of days, a first-timer in a stakes race. Adds uh, his name to that list, which isn't very long. Well, was he good? Um, debuting on the rail, which can be good if you break. Yeah. Uh, and, boy, he, what was it, 10 and a quarter lengths was the victory. Those of you who follow buyers, he got a 62, which is pretty high for a two-year-old in the Northwest this time of year. And guess who the trainer was, guys? Yeah. Blaine. Blaine. Right. Four for eight. Four of our eight <laughs> stakes so far, Vince. And you, and you know what that did was he now has tied Jim Penny for number three yeah. all time at Emerald Downs with 50 stakes wins. And when you try Jim Penny for anything around here, you're doing good. That's right. Yeah, Blaine uh, quickly climbing the list the last five years of stakes wins. And he's going to have a couple good chances again this weekend. Uh Equine Art Show this weekend at Emerald Downs as well. It's right there on track level. All the art is for sale. First Equine Art Show since 2019. As that event is on the comeback trail as well. It's a great show. And again, all art for sale Thursday, uh, Friday through Sunday here at Emerald Downs. We have Senior Saturdays. Seniors get in for half price admission. And that is age 60 and older. Senior Saturdays. Uh, let's see the jockey race. It's not quite as tight. Uh, after last week, Alex Cruz had another outstanding week. I'm seeing him with 44 wins. Kevin Radke with 35 and Juan Gutierrez with 34. Of course, Juan made some money on Sunday events. He did. And speaking of, uh, uh, milestones at Emerald Downs with that win, mm-hmm. um, on Sunday, uh, on Miss Dynamic, Juan Gutierrez passed Ricky Frazier. For number two all time with 73 stakes wins so it goes galen mitchell our all-time leader with 80 juan Gutierrez 73 ricky frazier 72 and then it drops off to leslie mowing at 46 javier Matias at 38 yeah so i saw galen mitchell a couple weeks ago and he was uh he's still very happy that he holds the all-time single season record he won 13 stakes one year and leslie mowing uh, one of the years he was riding striker phd won i believe 12. He did win 12. It's a little harder. Now, we don't have yeah. quite as many stakes as we did back then, so I think Booger might be safe there for a little bit. But Booger, yeah, I, that's a reference to Galen Mitchell. That was his nickname. There Booger. you go. It's quite a nickname. Yeah. So, uh, hey, the percentage of winning favorites has come down a little bit. It's under 40 now. Eight Thankfully. favorites won last week. Eight second favorites. Four 10-to-1s last week in three days. So we're just a little under 40%, which 
those of us that are here every day and maybe do a little price shopping now and then, we like to see figures like that. Yeah, just taking a little, started a little work on the the Sunday line, and there's some tough races on Sunday, boy. It's going to be a good card, really good card, actually. We've got three maiden specials, an outstanding race going a mile for older horses, that they're all pretty good horses, and then the, the two stakes races. So it's a loaded card on Sunday. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, we'll be doing some handicapping in our third segment today on Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, Bill and I will be uh, tossing out a couple of uh, prospective winners. Vince does our morning line, so he's going to refrain from making selections. Uh, Paul Beatty's our guest today of ESN, Eli Sports Network. And Paul uh, actually used to work here at Emerald Downs in media. And he has started that Eli Sports Network, and it's uh, grown really well uh, covering high school sports, all sports, both sexes, all all year long in high school. And uh, But he pays a lot of attention to Emerald Downs in the summertime because uh, high school not in session. I think you've met Paul Baby. I have met Paul multiple times, yes. And uh, we, we have uh, some spirited discussions on on everything from Mahissa to uh, just the general goings-ons at, at, at Emerald Downs. Very Paul, good. Paul cranks out the copy. He sure does. Yeah. He's got a lot of lot of stuff. And you mentioned his high school stuff. He really found a niche there. I oh, gosh, him for, yeah. For, you know, if you're an athlete or a parent or want to get involved, Paul's Paul's got you covered. Yeah. I saw one of the great high school basketball championship games in state history this year. with uh, um, Mount Si was undefeated. And uh, Curtis from Tacoma had a really good club, and Curtis beat him. Uh, Tice Paulson was his name, made a huge steal early in the last minute of the game, overtime, and went in for a layup, and that was kind of the decider. Really, really a good game. Curtis has got all young guys. They're going to be back. Mount Si had a senior-related team, really good team. That's the second time that Curtis has defeated an undefeated high school opponent for a state championship. Okay, I'm digressing. Hey, how about our stakes action this weekend, Vince? We've got the Kent uh, for three-year-old fillies, and we've got the Irish Day for three-year-old colts and geldings. A couple of stakes, once again, great uh, extra draw for Sunday's action. Yeah, I'll go over them real quickly. So uh, the Kent is going to go as race six on a nine-race card. Got a field of seven. Three-year-old fillies going six and a half from the rail out. Golden Glitter with Juan Gutierrez. Zazen with Leslie Mowing, Tiza Macho Girl, Jose Zanino, Slack Tide coming off that uh, big win last month. I noticed Kevin Radke named a rider, though. Evan Roman rode her in mm. her previous start here. He probably has a conflict on Sunday. Unsolved Mystery, Alex Cruz, Coran, last year's uh, champion with Kevin Orozco, and then Ropers and Wranglers with Tiago Pereira in from California for the call. The Irish Day goes as race eight. For three-year-old Colts and Geldings, also at six and a half. Crystal Bandit, uh, number one. I don't know the last uh, first name of this jockey. It's a C. Millwood, M-I-L-L-W-O-O-D. We'll have to look that up. Number two, A View From Above with Leslie Mowing. Three, Midnight Mojo, last year's Gottstein winner with Eddie Martinez. Four, It's All About the Ride, Juan Gutierrez. Five, Mr. Mischief, Alex Cruz. Six, Smoke and Shadow, Tiago Pereira. Seven, Executive Chef. Uh, dominant winner last month of the first stakes, Kevin Orozco and Little Casino with Kevin Radke. Those outside two both trained by a Blaine Wright, who also has slack tide in the Kent. 
Okay. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to make a selection later. And, uh, yeah, on I, I'll I'll, okay. I'll make one on the Irish day because okay. uh, slack tide I think will be a a prohibitive favorite, and also yeah. executive chef will be the favorite. Uh, I'm sure I'm not over. He was four to one last time, right? But, but he did dominate. Yeah, I'm just looking at the PPs here. Uh, yeah, but did you pick Mr. Mischief in that? Uh, I did. You know what? Right. Yeah. He he scratched in that that's in that uh, Auburn stakes, but then he came back. And yeah, came, he back came back and, and, ran and ran fourth, and he just wasn't. Uh, he lost what, a little though? casino. That fourth wasn't that bad. You yeah, know, I I I kind of like that. Yeah, horse. it was he running had, late, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I remember that. And now. he was kind of wide and detached yeah. early. He's right. uh, he won those two sprints at Golden Gate this year. He's he lightly get, raced. I think he's he, a decent. He got horse. a huge buyer. In okay. the Golden Gate win, again, uh, I think it anyway. was a 75, and does get Alex Cruz, our leading rider, wow. on Sunday. So okay. that's an interesting one. Yeah. So good handicapping test. Bill will give us an outlook. I haven't got to that race quite yet, but uh, we'll talk about that in our third segment when we make some selections. How about weekly honors from last week? Uh, Juan Gutierrez won yes. both stakes. You mentioned that. He's now number two all-time at Emerald Downs. Uh, he got had 10 wins the previous week, yes. so... We usually try to keep away from back to Mac. So we're going with Nicole Dizdier. Mm, yeah. Got her first uh, Emerald Downs win. Was it Rousing Rubble? The name yeah, of the horse. And, and then 23 to 1 in the final race on Sunday. And then our trainer, Rigoberto Jesse Velasquez. Joe, that's kind of surprising. That's his first stakes win ever at Emerald it Downs. Is. He is one of the all time leading trainers here. But yeah, he's had a lot of claimers, we all know. So Jesse Velasquez, uh, the trainer of the week, the owner. Swag Stables, Keith and Jan Swaggerty, what a run they've had here over the years. And it was Fly, Patty, Fly. So how about Emerald Downs breeding there by Gold Rush Dancer out of New F No Flies on Doodle. Mm -hmm. So uh, they get the owner of the week. Washington Brad could have gone a lot of different ways, but running out of days was pretty hard to not give it to him off that big debut when Tom and Becky Berklid are the, the breeders there running out of days. Fantastic. Okay. So there's uh, last week's honors. We're heading into another three-day week. Again, first race on Friday night at 7 p.m. Great weather, and we went over some of those promotions as well. News and notes are updated at emeralddowns.com. Yes. Okay. And uh, just a couple things in the future here. We do have a handicapping contest on uh, a week from Saturday, July 23rd, $40 buy-in. Live Money Handicapping Contest. You can enter that morning up on the fifth floor. Another stakes doubleheader in a week. The Governor's and the Washington Legislator's stakes on July 24th, which is Corgi Day. We're going to have a huge crowd on the 24th. Um, and uh, Bill is going to be gone the next weekend. Um, Tom Harris, who did the Corgi Day last year, is going to be calling with Alex... Wilson of the Weather Channel. She just really took a liking to that half-hour Corgi show she saw on ESPN, and somehow the connection came through, and she's going to be uh, one of the talents that day as well. And then Tom is going to call for you uh, the weekend that you're gone, uh, July 29th, 30th. Yeah, the last weekend yeah. in July. Yeah. You probably have you met Tom? No. But you guys all know each other. I mean, I mean we know each other. The announcer it's, fraternity. It's, it's, the thing is, small. is that you rarely get to see other announcers yeah. because... You guys are working. Yeah, you're working. Or if you're not working, you're not really... You know, you, yeah. don't, you don't see other guys too often. Yeah. I have some friends that are 
obviously track announcers that I talk to on a regular basis, but uh, you don't get to see them too often. Who are a couple of your buddies in the game? Uh, Tony Kalo. Okay. Uh, Finger Lakes is probably. I like him as an announcer. Yeah. And there they go. Yeah. You know what? He he's always. Solid. Oh, yeah. He was. Uh, he had some good energy all the time. He was in, in Northern style. California when I first heard him. Right. Yeah. yeah. They got their, uh, I think they got their big uh, day on Monday, New York Derby. Finger Lakes, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tony's been at Finger Lakes forever. He actually beat me out of that out of that job. He, Tony, Tony, and you're still Tony, buddies. Oh yeah, absolutely. We we're, we're we have a a good uh, working. Uh, we you know, we just just understand it. It's it's not. There's nothing that we're trying to do dastardly. We're just trying to get a job. That's Here's a, a Finger Lakes handicap and angle that someone told me. Was, I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. But uh, a finger uh, Finger Lakes, of course, is in New York. Finger yep. Lakes shipper to Saratoga from a good barn can get you a big price. Oh yeah. Okay. I uh, yeah, no doubt oh, about it. Because they tend to be overlooked. You know, they kind of thumb sure. their noses at the lowly Finger Lakes shipper. Yep. Yep. And usually when they ship there, they're well met. Yeah, and then they're not at a, like a disadvantage, you know. Like uh, some of the horses from Belmont ship up the day of the race. I know a lot of them are there, but you know it's only about what is it, about four hours, I, I think, think. So yeah, from Finger Lakes to Saratoga, so it's not that bad of a of a, a van ride. Very good. Okay, you're listening to Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, Paul Beatty's going to join us from Eli Sports Network. We're also going to hear from Al Padilla, who's been part of every Emerald Downs meeting. Uh, not in the last couple of years as an exercise rider, but a whole bunch of seasons doing that and some great work in the jocks room. He's led tours, uh, excellent spokesman. He was close to Shell, excuse me, he was very close to Clell Sherwood, who passed away early this year. Clell was our jockey superintendent for so many years, had a great career as a rider and was really well liked by a whole bunch of people. There is a memorial for Clell this Saturday in the Emerald Room at 10 a.m. Uh, and uh, that will be a, a good get together to remember Clell and Al Padilla will give us a little insight into Clell in a future segment today on Horse Racing Northwest. We'll take a break, be back with Paul Beatty. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. A few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit a national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks for joining us. And our guest on this particular segment is Paul Beatty of ESN, the Eli Sports Network. Something Vince Brune and I know pretty darn well from other sports than horse racing. But Paul, Paul Beatty behind Eli Sports Network 
and uh, does a lot of great work covering thoroughbred racing in the summer times when the high schools aren't in action. But Paul, let's uh, let's uh, congratulate you on uh, having some great foresight and building Eli Sports Network. You got a little hit there with the. Uh, uh, COVID, but uh, it looks like things are going pretty well again. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon. And uh, yeah, I mean, one of the uh, benefits of COVID, if we want to look at the uh, silver lining here, was that uh, folks your age and my age, uh, we had to learn how to how to stream. Uh, and so uh, that has actually helped uh, quite a bit in the learning process. And now, uh, you know, everything is being streamed uh, uh, one way or the other. And you, you technical wizard, you know how to set things up on your own now. No, I did set them up. I don't understand how any of it works, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, someone, uh, I, I have folks tell me how to set it up and what to do and uh, and what not to do. That's, uh, that's not my strong point uh, there, Joe, technology, that's for sure. Hey. 25 years in radio, I still don't know why you can hear a voice in the car. So. <laughs> okay, Paul Beatty of Eli Sports Network. And I was just telling uh, Vince and Bill here in our first segment that uh, uh, doing those high school basketball championships this past year was uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, boy, we saw one great championship game. I mentioned uh, the Mount Si Curtis game, which Curtis won in overtime. That is one of the great ones in uh, state history, yeah. I think. And you were right there as well, uh, setting all that up and doing some, doing some broadcasting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the really cool thing uh, about that part of what we do is we're expanding it more. And that entire broadcast outside of you and I and uh, Tony, our producer there, uh, was uh, completed 100% by students from the Vancouver School District. They brought up their mobile truck. They had a full studio. They had four cameras. They had directors, graphics. All high school students put that production on outside of the play-by-play. That's outstanding. The next next step is, and I told him, we want some student announcers. So yeah. that's, that's the direction we're going. Oh, he, that's my second love, by <laughs> the way, is uh, play-by-play. Oh, okay. I, I just got into horse announcing, and, uh, and I know – I know like the equivalent of what Paul does in, in uh, Illinois, I think it's called High School Cube. Um, they do the same, sort of the same thing, do uh, broadcasts of high school sports and all that. So I, I, I'm, I'm envious now, knowing yeah. that, uh, you get, Paul, you got Vince and, and, and Joe to, to, to be working for you. Yeah, well, you know, if you're around uh, no, during no, the winter, no, Bill, no, no, uh, we, no, got, Bill. we got room for you. No, Bill goes back to Pittsburgh in the winter. <laughs> I don't, I don't want him acing me out of any possibilities. But uh, no, that's great. Hey, you know, uh, you have not missed many weeks at Emerald Downs uh, since our opening day, May fifteenth, and you have uh, really put up some great coverage on Eli Sports Network. Uh, tell us where fans can find it and uh, some of the highlights of the season so far. Yeah, uh, elisportsnetwork.com, E-L-I, uh, it's that simple. Um, and we, you know, our, our focus has been high school sports, but it's not 100%. Um, and it was something, uh, uh, you know, uh, being a fan of horse racing and working at Emerald Downs in the first few years uh, in between radio gigs, um, it, it's just been a passion uh, of mine, the sport itself. And, uh like everything we're seeing, uh, and this is frankly really where the idea of covering high school sports came from, 
is that the traditional media is simply dropping coverage. And uh, pretty much you're going to get plenty of uh, stories on the Seahawks and the Mariners and uh, even the Sounders. Uh, But trying to find high school uh, coverage is becoming tougher. And uh, certainly uh, coverage of horse racing um, is is very limited uh, these days. It's not what it used to be. And so um, I wanted to I wanted to change that. I think it's uh, uh, and just uh, by looking at the number of folks that are finding us, uh, it is a wanted product. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Channel five King TV does a pretty darn good job with Chris Egan and their team on high school sports, especially football in the fall. But uh, yeah, they just get less time. It's uh, they'd probably like to cover more all the TV stations and I guess uh, sports radio, boy, uh, you know, let's just do the NFL. And if you got a major league baseball team or hockey. Yeah, uh, but the, the flip side of that, though, is because of guys like Paul or there are, you know, Pollock Report or there's several DRF.com. You can go to several outlets if you are into the sport yourself, you know, to, to get the coverage. It's just kind of change. And in some ways, it can be a little better because you can get more of an expert analysis rather than just someone assigned to something that maybe isn't all in on the sport. Yeah. Well, it's certainly, and and what I I like to do is I, I, I'm really looking at this from a a fan uh, standpoint and what has always interested me. And I'm a, uh, and and, uh, you guys may be laughing, but right now I'm going through every past performance of the year and I'm keeping track of the number of times a horse has won by 10 or more lengths or a horse that has won by a nose. And I'm going to go back and look at those photo finishes to see what our closest finish of the year has been so far. So some some odd things I like to, uh, and fun things, I think, uh, what people like to, to, to read about, along with the basic, you know, who won and the owners and the trainers and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I like to find some of those other nuggets and, and uh, also from the betting angle as well. That's a big part of our sport. And uh, that's that's one of the things I'm most proud of, of, of horse racing. Look at all the sports now scrambling to be part of the Vegas scene and yeah. horse racing for decades, hundreds of years now has known that uh, wagering is a key part of the interest of horse racing, and, and they're just honest about it. Yeah, and it, it could help our sport in years to come by introducing, you know, wagering on to a, a new segment. And, uh, you know, you see the odds, you see some of the big payoffs, and it's a math problem, too. You know, it's a little more difficult than figuring out the winner of a football game. you got a 50-50 or, chance there. Or a slot machine where you press a button. Well. You don't even pull a lever anymore, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and you know, the, the statistic I cite is, you know, horse racing for many years, you know, maybe we got a little bit, uh, we had things well, kind of a monopoly in a lot yeah. of senses on legalized gambling in a lot of states. And now the competition is fierce, you know, for that gambling. Oh. Alone the, we mentioned the Seahawks, the Mariners and all that. But how about the gambling dollar? Just the casinos around us or online or all these other things to uh, to wave in front of young uh, people who might have a, a couple disposable dollars they want to have some fun with. And uh, there's a lot of, lot of options. Oh, boy, we saw that uh, from the closure of Longacres to the opening of Emerald Downs with the on-track attendance, you know, being four miles from the Muckleshoot Casino who have been tremendous benefactors even before they owned the business. Of course, they 
put a lot of money into purses. Paul Beatty's our guest. And Paul, uh, your buddy Frank Lucarelli, you did a really nice story on him and his family a couple years ago. Uh, I think it was 2019 when he won the 81 races, the track record. Uh, he had a nice milestone this weekend. You were around for that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, it, interestingly, not too many not too many trainers get three wins in a day and, uh, you know, regardless. And, and, uh, uh, it was nice to see him at least get the, his 2002nd win at Emerald Downs. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, 2000 wins, uh, in a career is, is tremendous. And, you know, going back and, and, and talking with him about getting started back in the long acres days. And then, uh, uh, when they closed in Yakima, whether he's selling cars to try and make ends meet and, didn't know uh, if he was even going to be a, a trainer past then. And, uh, you know, he has nothing but uh, a ton of respect for uh, Ron Crockett and, and uh, Jack Hodge and the whole crew that put uh, Emerald Downs together uh, to continue that because uh, he's pretty honest about that. He's not sure he'd still be in the business without uh, Emerald Downs coming along. Now, yeah, he is our all-time all-timer. And, uh We've got a Washington Hall of Fame ceremony coming up in September, and uh, he is on the ballot for trainer. And I wouldn't bet against him. It's a vote. You never, never know what can happen in a vote, but uh, yeah. Frank will be on there. <laughs> Paul uh, Paul likes his jockeys as well, Vince. You know that for many years. And uh, you've done some jockey stories this year. What are a couple of highlights there that uh, fans can look at at uh, elisports.com? You look Eli back, Sports. and I, I did a feature on Alex and Naya, and this is one of the benefits of social media. There's a lot of negative to uh, social media, but one of the benefits is Alex comes from a small town in Kansas, and the nearest uh, racetrack is 300 miles away, yet there's a thoroughbred farm in his hometown, and he was discovered as like a 12- or a 13-year-old. Uh, he said he was in a convenience store, buying a candy bar and this guy came up to him and he says we kind of knew him you, know, you kind of know everyone in town he says you ever think about being a jockey and uh uh he said no hadn't really didn't think about that and uh said he was interested and uh, uh went out and uh this guy trained him and i was able to get a hold of him hmm. uh, for the story and there's actually a video i did a zoom with him and this all happened like in 15 minutes. I sent him a message on Facebook. I found him, uh, and he responded right away, which surprised me. And uh, 15 minutes later, he's on a Zoom call with me, and he's taking us through the barn that he showed you know, Alex how to ride. And he'd show a, a cross beam and saying, yeah, you only, you only have to duck, you know, forget to duck once, uh, you know, uh, and uh, and then you remember to duck uh, after that because it's a low beam here. And, and uh, he talked about how uh, he got Alex, uh, uh, you know, into writing and his uh, 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 his dad owned horses and uh, they were racing at Arapahoe and I think up in Nebraska as well. Um, and just, uh, just a great story uh, about how, uh, you know, this kid just going to buy a candy bar ends up being a jockey. So uh, there's that story. I did one a few years ago as well on Rocco Bowen coming from uh, Barbados. That was a good one. Uh, when Kevin Orozco was a was a an apprentice up here, that was uh, that was a good story as well. There's there's several on there. Um, 
and those they are all go ex- back and see. Good, yeah. I want to see the. I haven't seen the Alex and I story as of yet. I've seen a lot of your twenty-two stuff, but I'll check that one out. And you have uh, kind of a jockey ranking that is, uh, you know, it's subjective in your point of view, but uh, you're a good observer, so that that's updated every week, isn't it? That's right. Our power rankings. Power uh, ranking, yeah. yeah. So you know, we're, we're trying to be hip uh, with uh, with everyone has a power ranking for everything. So I go. Why not do this uh, with the jockeys? And this is one of the the areas that um, I, you know, I, I may split with some of the more traditional uh, thoroughbred uh, long timers. Is that um, I, you know, trying to attract uh, new fans? To me, it's still easier for people to be able to gain an attachment to a human over than just one particular horse. Those those special horses come along mm-hmm. and they are very special. I mean, we you know, all you have to say is Captain Condo and everyone knows around here who that was. Um but but they are, you know, it's a little tougher uh but when you have guys like Alex Cruz who's been so good and going for his third straight and Juan Gutierrez and uh, uh Kevin and and guys like Alex and Jennifer Whitaker who uh, is is an unbelievable female jockey here in the state, uh, and and all of that. Um, you know, one of the one of the biggest stories I put up this year uh, is when uh, it was the follow up on Cassie Guglielmino after she got injured. Um, there have been more views on that story and reaction to that than than most of the other stories that I posted this year. Uh, so that'll tell you folks really kind of can connect, uh, uh, you know, from the human aspect, sure. uh, uh, as well as the horses as well. So I'm, I'm trying to, trying to split it up there that way. Yeah. The humans, uh, can give us that feedback and, uh, trainers, jockeys, owners, uh, great stuff on the jockeys and what, uh, what's coming up next in your Emerald Downs experience? You're going to, well, I think we're, we're, I mean, the, the whole thing is kind of pointed toward August 14th, right? Okay. So uh, Long Acres Mile Day, that that is a big one. Um, I, You know, there are some uh, continuing interesting, um, uh, to me right now, uh, the, the, the jockey's race uh, is, is, um, is okay. I don't think it's, it's, it's not, what's really catching my eyes is, is the race and the trainers. That's a little you, tighter. Uh, there's what, six or seven that's, uh, it's not going to surprise me if any one of them win, uh, the training title at, at, at this point. Uh, I, I, you know, I like to follow things like that. I think that's interesting. Um, I noticed on Vince's uh, recap that he sends out all the time as well. If folks don't know about that, they need to go to Emerald Downs and, uh, dot com and, and look up Vince's uh, regular reports as well. And uh, Vince, I, I see what there's three or four horses with three wins, and I think there's a chance for one of them to get a win this this week to be the first four time winner. Um, willing to burn, I willing think. to burn, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's uh, it's that, and then. Joe, like I said, uh, I'm working on a little recap from last week. Unfortunately, right now, as we speak, Eli Sports Network is down, and I don't know exactly why. It just says it's under maintenance, and it'll be back <laughs> shortly. And that's now been about three hours, so I've been uh, uh, stuck trying to figure out uh, how to post something. I can't do it right now. But uh, this last week, for instance, 
very heavy on the front end. Front speed was was pretty important, except for apparently Javier Matias. And I think he uh, he has at least three wins where he was dead last at some point in the race, and I think he made up close to 30 lengths in those. So how is how is he able to close and no one else uh, in, in all those <laughs> races? the they rail find... at least one of those times, I know. So the inside, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that is, uh, that's, that's a good question. Javier is a very versatile rider. He's done well from all points on the track. I know he... I, I know he came up the rail on one of his wins last weekend. It was a good ride. Yeah. Anyway, um, keep an eye on him if he's on a closer is what you're saying. I, I, he's he's figuring out how to get from, from point A to B. I mean, the shortest end and from the furthest back right now. So if you have a closer on, on some of those. Uh, and and uh, I will say, I think the track this year feels to me, Joe, and you, you see it and Vince and – Bill, um, uh, you see it up close more than I do, but it feels like it's been more of a fair track um, for for front and and off uh, off the pace this year than than I can remember in a long time. What do you think, Bill? Well, yeah, you know, we had a lot of wet weather, and 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 so I think when it, the track is wet, I I I look for speed. But with now with the track being dry for a period of time, we've you know, besides last weekend, uh, you know, we've had our fair share of upsets and usually upsets, you know, they come from behind. It seems like when, when pace, uh, you get too hot of a pace, then it's, it collapses, if you will. And then you get a little bit of a, uh, chaotic results every now and then, but, uh, yeah. And when the track dry, it's, uh, um, I, I, you know, I like uh, looking for Matias and besides, uh, you know, Cruz, um, who do you think is the best uh, jockey on the front end at Emerald Downs in the Jock Colony? And, and I guess besides Matias, who has impressed you with uh, coming from behind? Um, I would say that on the front end, um, I, I, I like how Eddie Martinez gets out of gate. And he doesn't get a lot of chances. I think Juan Gutierrez is as good as any, of course. Um, and, uh, and by the way, he's leading with, the both the, the most, uh, uh, 10 win, uh, 10 length wins and, uh, oh, the most, uh, closest wins as well. So he, he knows how to get the nose down for sure. But looking at a couple of the others, um, I like, I like that. And then the other closer, I, I really like Leslie Mowing. And I think Leslie is really starting to ride well here the last couple of weeks as well. Um, he's really coming on, uh, and he can bring him from, from off the pace for sure. Yeah. He, so you're I, right. I'd say those two. Okay. okay. Very good. Yeah. Leslie's had some impressive stretch running wins as well. Uh, because you almost, uh, take a, do a double take when it's not Cruz Gutierrez or Radke winning after those first few weeks. And it's good to see some of those other guys. Leslie's had an outstanding career. Oh, great stuff, Paul. Uh, we'll be seeing you up at the track. And again, it's elisportsnetwork.com. And uh, some great Emerald Downs coverage there. And uh, yeah, we you go over the jockeys. You've got your power ranking, uh, the full stories. And there's uh, some statistics there as well. So a lot of yep, good stuff. Exactly. One of the weird ones last week, though, I will say, I mean, the rare triple-double of Howard Belvoir. I'm not sure you see that too often. But the sole owner, trainer, and breeder 
and he did it twice in the same day. I didn't notice that. That's great. Um, that is an interesting, uh, that's a, that's an odd fact. And in fact, I think one other person that day did it as well. So there's like three of them. Uh, oh, oh, no, it was uh, w- one shared. I think they shared uh, the, the breeding with, okay. uh, I think it was the Balcoms. Okay. And and uh, he shared the breeding with his wife. Well, Howard uh, was the breeder, owner, and trainer of the track's all-time leading money earner, Wasserman, of course. So yeah. got a yeah. few nice yeah. uh, extra checks as a breeder on that one, too. Paul, great to have you on, and uh, outstanding coverage. We'll be seeing you up at the track soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye, you. Paul. Thank you, Paul. Paul Beatty joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And again, go ahead and check out his coverage at uh, elisportsnetwork.com. All right. Uh, Let us take a short time out. We'll come back with our final segment here on Horse Racing Northwest. Play for your share of over $14,000 with Summer Jam Machine Tournaments at Muckleshoot Casino. Tournaments are back. Friday, July 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th. Register for free with your Muckleshoot Rewards card starting at 4 p.m. Don't be late. The tournament starts at 5 p.m. Summer Jam Machine Tournaments. Select Fridays at Muckleshoot Casino. The biggest and best in the Northwest. They turn into the stretch, and it's running out of days. Who bursts clear by five lengths? DeChambeau's outside second, Gold Rush Jr. third, and then it's, it's Turbo and Mr. Minus. But this one is over. Running out of days, a first-time starter crushes in the King County Express Stakes. Running out of days. Uber-talented. Horse Racing Northwest continues. That was a listen of running out of days in last Sunday's King County Express, a 10-length winner of his career debut. Um, I saw Mike Puich in the paddock, uh, you know, 10, 12 minutes to post, and uh, they get a chance up at Pegasus. we got to get Bill up to Pegasus one of these days. We'll, we'll do that. Um, they break many horses, and Mike saw a look. He goes, oh, there's, a, there's a type of a barrage that wins right off, and, and Blaine Swartz has got that look. If he breaks, he's going to win. And uh, a pretty impressive race there, Bill. You yeah. Called, you I, called it, man. I called it. Uh, I think I said, this race is about the eighth pole. I said, this yeah. race is over. Yeah. It was, uh, it's always exciting, the two-year-olds. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it could be a maiden claimer like we saw with Miss Dynamic when she won her debut before she came back and won the stakes. And, uh, and then with that two-year-old as well, because uh, that, was, uh, that was fun to watch. Boy, yeah, that, that the son of a Braj, who, of course, uh, passed a few years ago. This would be his last crop of two-year-olds, and he's got a good one in running out of days. Um, he, we did have a passing in the industry. It was back in February. Clell Sherwood left us at age 78, uh, really led a full life, um, was super close to his kids, uh, Jesse and Sally. And his first grandchild was Riley, a, a, do- a granddaughter. And uh, Al was telling me, Al Padilla, that is, that uh, Riley was nicknamed Pickle, and he used to take her to Target's on on uh, once a week and as she got older the uh, visits to target once a week 
got more expensive as the years went on, but uh, he was really close to his family. And uh, we're going to hear now a little bit more on Klaus Sherwood from his good friend, Al Padilla. First and foremost, he was an excellent father and grandfather. Uh, and second of all, uh, the you know, he was, as we all know, Clell, uh, he he started at a young age uh, with his parents as be, uh, being a horseman. But we know that uh, at a young age he had very uh, accomplished jockey titles uh, uh, throughout the years. As he was, when he became a jockey, uh, him and his good friend Larry Pierce, he always talked about adventures that they used to uh, go on and ride together and so forth and uh, uh, the titles that they accomplished throughout the years. One thing about uh, Clell is um, he was an avid hunter, and he talked about that uh, quite a bit. And one of his, uh, two of his hunting partners that he always had stories. One thing about Clell, he always had stories. And he always had hunting stories with uh, Kenny Dahl and uh, Donnie Smith, uh, just avid hunters with them to not to single out anybody, but he also um, was a, 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 an excellent excellent fisherman. And uh, like Sally once put in her, his obituary, that I don't think there's a lake that he's never uh, fished in the state of Washington. So when I'm asked, what's my my highlight? Uh, the, of uh, Carl Sherwood as far as memories uh, I have two of them one of them uh, I, my wife and I didn't think so was so funny but one time at Yakima Meadows um, he unbeknownst to me put some uh, uh, ladies underwear in my car it was hot day the windows rolled down and he put the ladies underwear in my car unbeknownst to me and at one time, and of course, a day or so later, my wife happened to be in there, and uh, rightfully so, she come unglued, wanting to know uh, what was going on there. And I had no idea, I had no explanation. Of course, she doubted me. And about a day or two later, Clell asked me, how's my wife, how's you and your wife getting along? And I happened to say, well, not so good. Not so well, Clell. And as soon as I said that, he kind of chuckled and laughed and wanted to know what was going on. And I said, well, I explained what, what had happened. She had found these ladies' underwear in there and had no idea where they came from. And he just started laughing real hard. The other one was uh, one time when I, uh, uh, a gal by the name of Teresa Bates had taught me how to gallop about a mile down the the road at somebody's farm and of course we had uh, some extra refreshments at that time in us and uh Clell had challenged uh, or dared me or and and uh this Teresa Bays that he thought that this horse was good enough and that was a good enough gallop person to be able to ride this horse inside uh, the country connection in Sela which was what we called the watering hole back in the day so off we went about a quarter mile down the road, uh, uh, and Clell was leading me, uh, uh, leading the horse, and I had, of course, I had the first time I'd better, ever been on a horse, and we got to the country connection, and I, I kind of was very nervous about going in, 
and he said, come on, Al. And, uh, uh, and uh, I just didn't want to do it. And so I dismounted. Paul got on the horse. He rode the horse into the country connection and then proceeded to dismount and told me to get up. And I got up. They boosted me up there and uh, took a few steps. And, of course, within that time, we were asked to leave the uh, premises at once. Thanks very much for Al uh, to do that on his good friend, Clell Sherwood. Again, a memorial for Clell Saturday here at the track. And Clell was our first jockey superintendent. And in uh, recent years, he he ran the simulcast site over there in Yakima, uh, native of Sela. Clell Sherwood. Fellas, uh, some sports shorts. I was a little late in getting to mine today, so I found this thing on the computer, which is, uh, eh, it's going to be a little random here. Football. Name the only college coach to win the Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, and Fiesta Bowl. And I know one of those was a national championship he won. Bob Stoops Hmm. won all those games. And I'm really not doing this because I'm an Oklahoma fan because I I haven't been in the last many years. I kind of rooted for them in the 70s when they had those great running attacks. But uh, he also, Stoops also lost the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and the Fiesta Bowl, and the National Championship. And a lot of big games, yeah, to say the least. Okay, so there's my sports chart. Who's next? I guess me, um, though I forgot to bring a, the piece of paper down, so I'm going to go off of memory here. The Seattle Mariners... Uh, swept the Nationals uh, yesterday. We record this on uh, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so it's only the fourth time in, in team history that they've won 10 or more in a row. And it's been a long time since it was I, 2001, 2002. You had that one great team yeah. that won. It was 116, 116 games and then lose to the Yankees. Uh, and how, I just was looking back on that. They won 15, I think, that year in a row, uh, that team. But only the fourth time in history that they've ever won 10 games in a row. So that just tells you. And all the all the teams that did that did win 10 in a row, they, they obviously they didn't make the all make the playoffs because yeah. we know about the history of the Mariners and whatnot. But uh, they are all pretty good teams. And I think this team, uh, you know, I was didn't know much about the Mariners coming out here. But they have really impressed me. Logan Gilbert, to me, is an absolute stud. And I, I'm very excited to, to see how this team pans out. I think they, you get any sort of hitting, they are, they got, they've got starting pitching and they've got some closers. I know they gave up a late homer yesterday in one of the games, but uh, their, their, their closing staff is, is, is you know, some of the movement that you see on the, on the baseball going 95 miles per hour. It's unbelievable. So... Uh, that that's my uh, sports short about uh, the Mariners winning ten. Okay. Well, you're talking about young talent. What about Julio Rodriguez? Woo! He's the real deal. He is yes. what they used to call the five-tool player. He leads the league in stolen bases. Has what, hit 15 home runs, and <laughs> he can do it all. And he's only uh, 21. So wow. yeah, he is. Uh, he's crazy good. I'd like to be his agent. And oh. he's going to be in the, uh, the home run derby now. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Seems like he loves playing the game. He's always smiling out there. Okay, I'll do my uh, sports short. This is kind of uh, not really a sports short, but you know, we talk about some passings in the industry. And one guy who was kind of on a national scene we didn't mention, but was a huge horse racing fan, Hank Goldberg. 
passed yeah. away recently. I think on July 4th, born on July 4th and passed on July 4th, age 82. Really? Uh, died of kidney disease now. Most people know him from ESPN, where he did a lot of football and horse racing stuff. But I spent some time in Miami. My parents retired to Florida, and I worked down there a couple years. And Hank Goldberg was, uh, boy, he was transcendent in that town. He was the man on WIOD radio. And aside from sports, he did a general topic sports radio show that was, or sports, excuse me, just talk show that was rated number one. He was Mm -hmm. a very intelligent man, and he absolutely loved horse racing. Um, I got to know him a little bit when he'd come out to Santa Anita for the national telecast. He was always interested in in young people, what they were doing, where their career was going, a real gentleman. Um, And uh, we're losing guys like that. Mm. And uh, he cut his teeth ghostwriting for Jimmy the Greek. (laughs) So I guess that'll get you interested in gambling a little bit when you're you're doing that. But uh, yeah, Hank Goldberg, great friend of horse racing. Joe, I'm sure you probably met him a few times over the years too. You know what? I'd never met him, but I got a quick story at the 06 Breeders' Cup at Churchill Downs uh, the morning, the Saturday morning. That was when it was a one-day affair. Uh, he was talking to a buddy of his on his cell phone real loud, and he kept, yeah, I'm going to street sense this, street sense that. Yeah, I'm going to use street sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use him in there. I, yeah, okay, I heard some things on this horse. So I thought, well, you know, juvenile, I'll throw him in there. And he ended up winning that race by eight or ten lengths <laughs> and or the something. Derby the and I made year. some money off that. Good. I hit a nice pick three off Hank Goldberg. And, of course, Hank story. was a uh, uh, ESPN football handicapper yeah, for probably. years and years and years. You bet. And I get a man absolutely loved yeah. uh, to gamble and made no bones about it. But, uh, but uh, yeah, we lost a giant in, uh, in the gambling industry. Yeah. Uh, okay. So there's some sports shorts. A, a favored wagering angle. Uh, these, you know, these don't have to be too intricate. I'll, I'll just say, you know, I like the pick three or pick four when I really like a five to one or more. Um, if you single a heavy favorite, you know, you got a better mathematical chance to win. But uh, I get excited, you know, if I really like a five to one or more horse and, and single that because... But you still got to bet that horse to win because you could, that horse could win and you could easily, oh, how many times, you know, you think you've got three, you got three or four horses covered in the other legs and, you know, I'm going to win this bet. I'm going to win this bet. And then <laughs> several times it doesn't work out that way, even having three or four covered or more in a race. So, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to single a horse other than a favorite. Bill. Well, I guess it's related to that. I'm more of a, a pick five fan than I am a, a pick threes and pick fours these days. And the reason is it, the pick fives, it just, it's unbelievable. They always pay more oh. the, than the parlay. It's it's, it's almost uncanny In, how, sure. how that is. And, and with pick fives, um, a lot of times it's a 50 cent bet. So if you can find one single, then you can get, you know, you can go to town on a couple of the other races and really... Uh, spread out all over the place and you can even have a, a couple favorites and still you could light it up a, at the end if you, sure. if you get a, you know, a couple long shots and um and you know you could shoot for the moon but it also you, you, if it comes in you know, relatively uh formful and you got those horses it's still you know you're still making some money there so I, I, I like the pick five a whole lot. I always try, I try and not have a caveman ticket in a pick five. That's the old, 
not singling a horse in, in the sequence. Yeah, the old I caveman that. ticket. I know Vince I, hates I always that. look for someone. If you don't single, I'm not interested in your ticket. If you're not singling, somewhere in there. So, right. And there are exceptions to that. I'm speaking generally. But yes. Yeah. But, I, uh, I, I like guys who go out there and, and will uh, stand, sink or swim on a, on a given race. There you kind go. Kind of structure yes. around that. Because it really cuts the overhead if you can single. Exactly. Because otherwise, if, you're, if you've got a caveman ticket, that race that you, if you got a $24 ticket and you go too deep, now all of a sudden it's 48 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that one single there keeps everything down in terms of the number of combinations for a budget uh, yeah. conscientious and it, uh, a player. So when I see a single and it's not a horse, I kind of like, I kind of go, wow, maybe Definitely. I'm, maybe I'm overlooking something there. Maybe I better take another look at that thing. And it, and it's kind of interesting. So it kind of raises my eyebrows. Mine is a little obscure. It's, it's if a horse is kind of struggling and they, they switch back to a rider who has won on the horse before we had that last week with Larson Bay who ended up winning at a big price. He had won with Leslie Mowing up last year, broke his maiden in his second career start. And I was kind of trying to make a case for that horse the other day. And the one thing I missed looking back was, doggone it, Leslie Mowing had won on that horse last year. Yeah. And and there he was winning at 25.80 last Friday. And it's kind of an interesting angle. It makes a little sense if you think it through. That guy, you know, they kind of clearly click the horse and rider there. So Maybe the trainer's going, geez, what worked before? Let's get that guy back on or something. So I think there's a little something there. Okay. I like that. Uh, I uh, I was kind of disappointed when I didn't have Larson Bay last year when he won as a two-year-old. Second time out, yeah. But I didn't. And then this time, Jennifer Whitaker's coming down the hallway after the race. It was at the first or second last weekend when Larson Bay won. I think it was the second, yeah. And she was coming in because she was riding later and she'd been riding him this year. And I go, hey, you know, I didn't think myself through. I go, hey, Larson Bay won. She goes, I don't want to hear about that. You know, <laughs> she was mad. And then I was happy yeah. to see she won on Decimate later in the right. day. Right. I don't so, mean to laugh at Jen. No. I like her a lot, but I, I've just, yeah. I know the feeling when yeah, you miss exactly. out on something. So she got uh, taken off for that particular and she wasn't happy about it because she does. Uh, but, you know, her and Howard Belvoir, uh, they've done so well together. Okay. There's, uh, some angles uh, to think about in wagering. Uh, how about some selections? Uh, Bill, uh, well, let's see. I'll, I'll just go on Friday here. Or, or, yeah, that's Saturday. Friday, you know, I'm going back to that Foster Boy horse. I was impressed by him. He got mm-hmm. beat with Nicole Dizdier on June 24th. He opened up with, uh, with ease, and he was wide in the first turn. And uh, if you guys noticed, he was moving at the end, too. Upo came from off the pace, won it as the favorite. Deep and green, a good mile around second. Foster Boy was finishing after, you know, uh, being up early and maybe dropping back a little bit. So he's 9-2 to two morning line on Vince's uh, odds, and he's going a mile on Friday night in the sixth race. I'll go Foster Boy. What do you got, Bill? Well, on the Irish day, I'll try and, uh, you know, beat the, the favorite executive chef who, uh, uh, for Blaine Wright, who wins all the stakes races around here. But uh, Midnight Mojo finished uh, third behind mm-hmm. executive chef, and t- he did not get off to a good start at all, but he's just going on the improve. He's the third race off the layoff. That's always an angle I love uh, taking a look at, especially when there is a bit of improvement and the second start in the form cycle. I thought we got that uh, going from third in allowance optional claiming to third in the stakes race, the Auburn stakes on June 19th. And yes, he's four lengths behind, but he didn't get off to a good start at all. 
uh, Eddie Martinez uh, aboard for uh, Tom Wenzel and Dr. for Dr. George Todaro. So Midnight Mojo, I think, is a pretty good price in the Irish day. And uh, he'll be the number three horse, but uh, Vince is still working on the morning line. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be a, a pretty decent price. Yes, I'm working on that one right now. Yes, he will be. Yes. So there you go. Like there, so five the, to one, maybe? Yeah, five or six, yeah. right around okay. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was real impressive in the stretch in that, uh, as Bill mentioned, in the Auburn Midnight Mojo, our Gottstein winner. Okay, there's a couple of picks for the weekend, and uh, we are on to trivia. Our last, uh, our most recent question last week, name a horse that's won at seven different Emerald Downs distances. There's three horses. I didn't get any answers. Uh, so I'm going to go easier questions. Too esoteric, week. yeah. Yeah, a little tough. Noosa Beach was one of them. Market Master won at seven different distances. I think he piled up 16 Emerald Downs wins, something like that. And it's tough to be good. Back when we used to run a lot of marathon races, he won at a mile, mile and a 16th, mile and an eighth, mile and a quarter, and mile and three quarters. And then he won, you know, shorter too. So those two horses, Market Master, it's tough to be good. Pretty good horses in our track history. And this week's question, Kent Green in Long Acres days ran in six Long Acres miles. Six of them. He had a second and a third, as Vince remembers. And uh, so who has the most mile participations at Emerald Downs? In the Emerald Downs area, era who has run in the most long acres miles send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com and that is it for horse racing northwest thanks to paul Beatty for joining us and al padilla for uh, adding to our remembrance of clell sherwood and uh, hope to see you at the track that's horse racing northwest